Yeah, eat, sleep, fantasy, you rocking with the best. NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. We talking mock drafts, running backs, better follow the conversation with John, Dale, Christian, and Armando. Screaming Eat Nation, we doing what we like. Tune in every week, guaranteed we get it hype. Fantasy Football Enthusiasts, I know you plan to be joining us on Eat Sleep Fantasy. Yeah, Eat Sleep Fantasy. Eat Sleep Fantasy. All right, welcome back to another episode of ESF's DFS and Dynasty. That's right, guys, we've got something special in store for you. We are going to be selecting here an episode of our Daily and Dynasty episode, our DFS and Dynasty pod with J.J. Gosh and Steven Spacaratelli, or as we know them, J.J. and Steve uh, they are going to be hitting on this episode some quick news, but in addition to that, we're also going to get a look at some of the running back situations that they want to discuss, as well as some of the guys that they like. So stay tuned for this DFS and Dynasty episode. Make sure that you head on over to wherever you download podcasts. Type DFS and Dynasty. You'll see it. It says Eat Sleep Fantasy, DFS and Dynasty. The guys on this show, Steve, JJ, Austin, they're doing a great job here at the Eat Sleep Fantasy team. Make sure that you subscribe to them as well. And stay tuned for some awesome content. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of DFS and Dynasty with Eat Sleep Fantasy. This is Steven Spacratelli, and along with me today is JJ Gosh. You can follow us both. On Twitter, myself at SBAC21, that's SSPAC21, and then JJ, you can get him at JJ Gosh, just like that, JJ Gosh. And then if you guys want to, you can follow me on Instagram as well. I highly recommend it because if you are following any of my content, there are stuff that I'm putting on Instagram that's really not truly hitting uh, Twitter the way that it should because it's, I mean, obviously the platforms are different. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can follow me there at the same handle, SSPAC21. So today we're going to cover eh, not much news, nothing crazy that we have to get in depth with, but we got a couple points that we want to uh, run through. And then we're going to get into some running back committees. There's a lot of them in the NFL. Uh, there are some of them that you may have some questions about, questions, concerns, whatever. Uh, we're going to look at all these different teams and we're going to kind of hammer what it is that we see the, the likes, the dislikes, so on and so forth. Uh, so before we get into all of that, a uh, couple things, just as always, uh, you know, make sure that you're subscribed to the ESF pod and our, uh, podcast as well on iTunes or Spotify, you know, go check out YouTube. We're going to start bringing some content there as well. So make sure you're subscribed to all these platforms. Uh, within Eat Sleep Fantasy, so you get all of our latest content. Uh, you know, visit eatsleepfantasy.com. I, I feel like I have to say it because it's always on the other pod, but eatsleepfantasy.com. It's a website. So go there. You can subscribe to the gold package, which is free. The platinum package is 20 bucks, And then you got the DFS package, uh, which is $30. And make sure that you get on the, DF, uh, the DFS um, package because... What we're doing with that is we're going to be doing uh, best ball and we're giving that away 
uh, with the DFS package until week one, obviously. So, you know, over the next couple of weeks here, we're going to start transitioning more to DFS stuff. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about some best ball uh, probably the next, you know, one or two episodes here. Uh, we'll get into that, you know, kind of transitioning into DFS. So there's a lot of content there for us to cover and we want to get into that. So uh, one more thing, uh, we're going to be doing a giveaway here really soon. Uh, just kind of teasing it right now. Need to figure out what kind of game, what kind of fun we want to have. But we have a signed Jeremy Hill football that we're going to get rid of in, in one contest. And then another one, we have a signed Justin Forsett football that we're going to give away as well. So uh, I will get that stuff up uh, on social media once JJ and I figure out how we want to have some fun with this. And then uh, we'll kind of go from there. So without further ado, let's jump into this news. JJ, what do you got, buddy? Yeah, man. So as everybody's been keeping an eye on this offseason, the uh, Andrew Luck calf, ankle, shin, foot, whatever saga is continuing. Um, there's various reports. This sounds a lot like 2017, where his owner kept promising that he'd be back soon, he'd be back soon, he'd be back soon. He ended up missing the entire year. Um, I don't know about you personally, but I have dropped him down my rankings a little bit. It's it's just becoming harder and harder to trust yeah um, yeah one yeah it is yeah. man i mean i dropped him down a little bit and i even dropped ty down uh, and i think that i'm gonna drop luck down a little bit more the only guy i haven't really touched is marlon mack yet because i think joe uh, jacoby Brissett is good enough to kind of you know crutch things along a little bit and i don't, I don't know if it'll impact uh, mack all that much so that's kind of where i'm at with that but yeah i'm thinking i'm gonna drop him down a few more spots yeah i couldn't agree more um, Emmanuel Sanders said he expects to be ready week one with no limitations, which, you know, a 30 plus year old wide receiver coming back from a lower leg injury. Um, it's, it's tough to trust, but in, especially a guy who relies on his route running as much. Um, but if, if he's comfortable and he's healthy and he's shows something and, you know, the end of training camp late preseason, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind getting him. He'd be a steal right now. Yeah. And I, man, I think some people are jumping on him a little bit early. Um, I, I'm seeing people and I've been getting questions about taking him and, you know, like the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And that's generally pretty close to where you were drafting him before. But I, I think everybody needs to pump the brakes on this a little bit. I mean, it's a different quarterback for one. Case Keenum, he always threw to a slot receiver, right? Joe Flacco never really had much to work with to begin with over there in Baltimore, so we don't really know what that chemistry is going to be like. But not only that, he's only a little over eight months removed from his surgery. His surgery was December 6th of last year. So it's great that he's in camp. It's great that he's doing all this stuff. You know, I know I was, like, super high on, on like, Deontay Foreman, right? But, you know, he's well over 12 months removed you know, into his situation and he's a younger guy. So to JJ's point about the route running and all that stuff, I mean, remember eight months removed from the actual surgery. So, you know, he's a super high risk, high reward guy, but man, I, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be taking him where I normally would be drafting him. If that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next is that Odell missed practice uh, with a hip pointer or a hip injury. I don't think this is anything to be overly concerned about. He said himself after practice that if it was a regular season game, he'd be in this week. No real news there. Uh, coming out of Carolina, 
There is a report that Cam Newton is throwing the best deep ball that he's thrown in a few years, uh, which is great deep news ball. for. Mm. <laughs> if there's anything I know about Steve, he loves his deep balls. That's right. <laughs> uh, which is great news for Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore, uh, both you know young athletic wide receivers looking to break out. Uh, Curtis Samuel has been reported as the offensive MVP of Panthers training camp so far which kind of echoes what I said a little bit on our last pod is that, that I really like him. Uh, I, I am trying to get him as much as I can. Um, next on the list is that Zeke is uh, currently weighs in the low 220s uh, after playing a little bit heavier last year. So this would be his lowest weight since his rookie year. Uh, clearly his vacation in Cabo has, hasn't put on too many pounds. Um, I don't think they're any closer to an agreement unless I missed the report on that. So he's still holding out, but apparently they just want to report that he's healthy and holding out. Hey, guess what? Good for you, Zeke. Get your ass in camp because you're pissing off <laughs> fans and fantasy owners and dynasty owners. Not that you really care about the fantasy aspect of it, but get your ass in camp. You still have two years on your contract. Right. No leverage. Nope. Uh, so... Interesting news out of Kansas City is that a beat reporter, so someone who's relatively close to the team, has left Carlos Hyde off the roster projection, which is pretty shocking when you consider all the work he was getting with the ones, you know, two weeks ago when Damian Williams was out with his hamstring. Now that Damian Williams is back, he's been getting, you know, most of the work with the ones with Carlos Hyde sprinkled in a little bit. So, with the young guys they got behind Damian Williams, uh, would it surprise you if Hyde got cut? Well, it, if he does, that just tells me that they really like what they're seeing out of Darwin Thompson and then Darrell or Daryl, whichever one, the other Williams. So, you know, I, I, they, they drafted Darwin Thompson for a reason uh, based on where they took him. And then again, you know, they have the other Williams back there. And, and I've heard his name pop up here and there. So, you know, it just amazes me because Hyde was a productive guy, you know, in San Francisco during some, t you know, somewhat tough years. I mean, there there was some successful years there that during his time. But yeah, if if he gets cut, that's just saying they really like those other guys a lot more. And then who knows where Hyde would fall? It's kind of mind boggling because he is a talented running back. Yeah, and he's super productive. I mean, he's not super flashy. He just he just gets the job done. Yeah, so. Christian here, sneaking back into your podcast to take a moment to tell you about Nitrogen Sports. Nitrogen Sports is the oldest and number one Bitcoin betting sports book today. You can check them out by visiting our website. Go to EastleyFantasy.com. It's a website. And click on the link on our front banner that says Nitrogen Sports. Easy as that. In Nitrogen Sports, you can bet on anything that you want okay if you want nfl obviously you're gonna bet on nfl but nba nhl nhl soccer mixed martial arts tennis esports if you want to bet on something they probably have it in addition guys try out for no risk they've got free survivor pools that you can join uh, guaranteed prizes, free prizes, uh, up to $2,000 in prizes on those uh, survivor pools and free rolls and free pools. Try it there, and that goes all the way up so you can bet a Bitcoin. 
on gambling. You can bet a whole one. So you, you can get free. You can bet up to, you know, whatever Bitcoin is worth t- today, ten dollars or $11,000 on one bet. Try it out, guys. Nitrogen Sports. Check them out on our website, eatsleepfantasy.com. They rock. That's all I got for news. Let's uh, let's jump into these running backs by committee. I l- Where do you want to start? I like it. I like it. Running backs. It's like one of my favorite positions in the entire game. So let's just start. We'll start with the Eagles because we have the two main names, but there's like a thousand running backs there. So, you know, looking at who they drafted this year, Miles Sanders, and then they, you know, acquired uh, Jordan Howard and Darren Sproles came back and you still have Corey command. You still have Josh Adams. You still have Wendell Smallwood and a partridge in a pear tree. And that's just a lot of running backs. Now for me, I think Sanders between Sanders and Howard, they didn't really perform all that well in week one of the preseason there. But I think Sanders is going to develop and he's going to develop quickly. And I will not be shocked if he ends up being the guy week one, because he just, he has it all. And and again, for me, it was his ball security, but you know, apparently there are a lot of things within the offense, you know, within pass protection and all that stuff that he's picked up uh, quite well. And he's been praised about, uh, so if Jordan Howard, you know, continues to not show, that's just going to be more work for Sanders. And then depending on how all this plays out, you know, they may let go of Sproles. I don't know. It's very hard to say what the other guys are going to do. I mean, if they hold on to Sproles, that means they're cutting, you know, two of the last three guys, I would imagine. I can't see them keeping all five running backs. Yeah, especially because I don't know that any of them really contribute on special teams all that much. Nope. And that's if you're going to keep a fourth running back, that's generally where they're going to contribute. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, Miles Sanders' reports are that he's looking the part. Reports are that he's been the best runner in camp. I still think they're going to make him, you know, quote-unquote earn it a little bit. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me that Howard gets a majority of the work in the first few weeks, which – for dynasty purposes and even for redraft purposes, it makes Sanders, you know, a buy low after the first two, three weeks. If, if he's only getting, you know, five to six, seven, eight touches a game, I, I would absolutely look to buy low if you didn't get him in the draft. Could be. I, I just, I keep looking at Sanders because of how that offense is and how it's going to operate. And, you know, you got to remember you have once back and he's playing without that brace and, you know, it, he's been looking good. His back's been okay. So if you got a mobile Wentz, I don't know how Howard fits in that. Sanders fits that bill a lot more. That's kind of why I'm leaning that. You know, if things pro- continue to progress the way they have been, Sanders is going to be a starter week one. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm hoping for that. You and I were talking off air, and, and I hope my <laughs> league mates aren't listening right now because he was my target in the uh, first round of our, our draft coming up. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. So... <laughs> Let's move over to a, another a backfield that we've talked a lot about, actually. But um, we're going to go over to San Francisco. Uh, you know, yeah, Coleman, Breida, McKinnon. Uh, you know, when he comes, if if he comes back later in the season, I know uh, Mostert just got injured. Um, and we've both been looking at Coleman, Breida, Coleman, Breida. And it, it's, it's very hard uh, for me to not say that Coleman is going to be the outright starter. And Breida is going to mix in. I know there are some people out there that, you know, they're concerned with Brita because he's, you know, he's just a scat back. He, you know, he has, he's, he had a little bit of injury issues and so on and so forth, but the guys worked hard and he stays in shape and he played through those injuries. So 
I can't see him not having a role, but you know, I, I really think it's going to be, you know, probably like a 60, 40 or 65, 35 in favor of Coleman to be perfectly honest with you, unless he gets hurt. Yeah. I, honestly, I mean, we've talked enough about the 49ers backfield. You and I both somewhat agree on it's going to be a two man show. Um, I mean, if McKinnon does come back and he's healthy, he's going to have to earn it because I don't see a way. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's, he's an offensive genius. Like He's not going to set his running backs up to be failures. So if they're out there succeeding while McKinnon's healing, he might not have a role when he comes back. And if, if he does, it's going to be small. Yeah. I'm all in, all, on, all in on Coleman and Breida this year. Absolutely, man. Now, here's a backfield that I like and we haven't really talked about, and that's Chicago. Drafted David Montgomery. Love that guy. Love him in college. Really liking what I see and uh, seeing out of him and, and hearing about him uh, so far. And then you have Tariq Cohen, and then you have Mike Davis. Now, Mike Davis, I was kind of a little excited for when they signed him before they drafted Montgomery because of what we saw from him in Seattle last year, and he kind of fits the bill uh, for this offense in Chicago. I'm a I'm a Tariq Cohen truther, but I can see him taking a hit this year, man. I don't know if he's – he really didn't have a lot of carries. He saw his volume in the passing game. And what concerns me about him is that Montgomery can't handle that. So, I mean, I, I, think, I think Cohen had like over 80 targets last year. I can see that taking a hit. How much? Not a clue. But, you know, the shares of, of Cohen that I have – I'm going to be a little less hesitant at first uh, to throw him out as like a flex player or something like that. I really need to see how this plays out. And, you know, even Mike Davis, I think Mike Davis has in his head that, you know, Montgomery's the man, kind of like a passing of a torch. You know, he's, I mean, and Davis is a young guy too. And I think he's just going to hang around as good, solid depth. I mean, if you really look at those three running backs, if anything happens to any of them, I don't know how much of a beat they're going to skip. I mean, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, couldn't agree more. And and I was very excited with the Mike Davis signing. I thought he was going to be a steal yep. in fantasy drafts. And then they drafted a guy, you know, they traded up to get their guy. I and, and people forget a lot that Mike Davis can do some work in the passing game. Yep. Like he showed it in Seattle last year. He was super effective with not only his carries, but his catches too. So quite frankly, it wouldn't surprise me if, I mean, the, the you know, 60-40 split was between Montgomery and Davis and Cohen sprinkled in a few catches but his biggest impact was on special teams like if he was their punt returner which i know he did a lot of last year right i mean the other thing they can do with cohen too is they they can throw him in the slot and the slot or whatnot and, and kind of create space for him to work i mean they call him the human joystick but you know who does that take away from you know as far as receiving goes i mean i, I anthony miller and um Taylor Gabriel. <laughs> Trying to blank. Allen Robinson. Those guys are solidified. But, yeah, you have Taylor Gabriel. They just drafted Riley Ridley. You know, you still have Trey Burton. Not uber excited about him. Adam Shaheen. So there's just so many miles to feed there. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think Montgomery, unless, you know, he somehow handcuffs himself, I, I think he's going to see a majority of the work. And, and again, Davis is just going to be depth. Cohen's going to take a little bit of a hit. That's just kind of what I'm looking at right now. Yeah, I I agree with that. So in Buffalo, we've talked about this 
conundrum a few times, but I'm still big on Singletary. McCoy, McCoy's still there. Gore's still there. Yeldon's still there, although I haven't been seeing good things about Yeldon recently. Um, yeah, I mean, Singletary, dynasty-wise, that's the guy to own. You know, and even go back to Chicago, you want Montgomery. If you have the other guys, great. Hopefully you have him handcuffed to Montgomery. But Singletary is going to be the guy to own. Who knows if Shady's going to be there, um, you know, by the trade deadline. Who knows what they're going to do with Gore. Who knows what they're going to do. But I think in, at the end of the day, Singletary is still going to be the guy just because he's going to fit what they do there more than any of those other guys are. Yeah, and quite honestly, between McCoy, Gore, and Yeldon, I got to assume one of them is going to be on the move at some point this preseason, whether it's a cut or a trade. I just, I don't see him keeping these four backs. I mean, you don't draft Devin Singletary without, you know, some plan to use him. If you're going to use him, who aren't you going to use? I mean, you're not going to ask McCoy or Gore to go on special teams. I don't think he has TJ Yeldon do it either. So I got to imagine that one of those, one of those three older guys is going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, something's got to give somewhere in this whole situation. You know, they just – they have whoever that kid was that took his first carry to the house the other day. Um, Wade. Yeah, and I don't know that if – British rugby star. <laughs> right. And I don't know if Murphy's still on the team too. So there's going to be a couple other guys down the depth chart that, you know, are going to be fighting for a roster spot as well. I just – I honestly can't see them keeping – you know, three out of these four guys. I think Singletary's a lock. It's it's my guess is it's going to be Singletary, Gore, and then whether they keep Yeldon or whether they keep one of the other guys, very hard to say. But I just still all eyes on Singletary, man. If you can get him, you know, trade for him. If if you haven't drafted yet, draft him. <laughs> Make sure you yeah. get Devin Singletary. Absolutely. All right, guys, so if you tuned into the episode last week, I'm sorry to keep interrupting this DFS and Dynasty Gold that we've got going on, uh, but if you tuned in to Eastly Fantasy last week, you had a chance to see me and Jimmy Maverick conduct a pretty awesome mock draft. Now, what we did on that mock draft is we went to fantasyfootballmaverick.com and we used Jimmy's My Perfect Fantasy Draft tool And what we have now for you guys is an opportunity to use that tool at the ESF discounted rate, okay? So normally you're talking about a subscription that's 10 bucks. You use our promo code. You go to fantasyfootballmaverick.com. You use promo code ESF, and you get all of that for $6.95, right? So you're talking about being able to set yourself up for success on draft day. Draft day is probably the most important part of your season because so many players of yours on your team is going to come through draft day. Yeah, there's trading. Yeah, there's waiver wire pickups. But draft is the building block of your team and you can nail your draft with my perfect fantasy draft. So go head on over to fantasyfootballmaverick.com. Use our promo code ESF and get that tool for $6.95. If you checked out our episode last week, you saw, saw how we nailed the draft using Jimmy's tool. So check it out. Fantasyfootballmaverick.com, promo code ESF. So let's go to another messy backfield, and that's over in Denver. With Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, you have Theo Riddick, who just I don't know, shattered his shoulder. They're expecting him to miss like the first two to four games of the regular season, I believe. Uh, Devontae Booker's still there. 
So, you know, with this whole situation here, me personally, I still think Royce Freeman's the best value. You know, I know he had that, you know, big explosive run there, uh, you know, in the preseason. And one of the biggest things that I noticed right off the bat, and I saw a couple other people on Twitter talk about it, is, I mean, he had a hole that you could drive a bus through, pretty much. And sure, if he had Philip Lindsay's speed, probably could have taken it to the house. But that's Philip Lindsay's strength, is the fact that he's good in space and he's faster than all get out. Royce Freeman has other capabilities at the running back position that are far more valuable uh, at the NFL level. You know, contact after balance, vision, just the patience, the hesitation to find the hole, and so on and so forth. He can get there. He's very good at it. And he's also, he's a little more built to, to be at the NFL level. So that's why I'm leaning him more. I, I'm gladly letting everybody draft Philip Lindsay early, and then I'm taking Freeman a little bit later. Um, but as far as Riddick and Booker goes, Booker hasn't gone away, and I think the only way Booker goes away is if Riddick's around and healthy, but the fact that he just shattered his shoulder, I don't see either one of those two going anywhere. I mean, what are your thoughts in this situation? Yeah, that's tough. I thought when they signed Riddick, that was you know Booker's ticket out, um, but then he got hurt, so now they kind of have to keep, keep Booker. So I think it's really going to come down to Lindsey versus Freeman and I truly believe that Freeman will lead the team in carries while Lindsey leads the backfield in touches. I mean, the, last year he was clearly the more efficient, clearly the more explosive back between the two. I don't think he just forgets something like that. So I think Lindsey's still going to get his work. He's just going to lose some between the tackles carries. Um, and, and that's where Freeman excels. Like you said, you mentioned his vision. He'll, he'll find the hole, he'll make the right cut, and, and he'll get upfield. So... I don't see why both of these guys can't have good years. Um, it's just going to limit the upside of, of the other. So the other thing about Philip Lindsay, though, too, is it, if you look at his efficiency and you look at what he did, he did a lot of that early on. Now, sure, you could look at, you know, that rookie wall, right, towards the end of the season, but he slowed down towards the end of last season. And, you know, obviously that wrist injury kind of capped that for him. But I really want to see how he comes from, come back from that, and I really want to see um, how he can play now that he's been there, now that teams are going to be scheming for him, they're going to be looking for him, and so on and so forth. So I really want to see how all that develops. So, I mean, that's that's why, me, I'm just like, you know, both of those guys, they're going to have some sort of value. It's got to play out to see what it's going to be, but I think Freeman is the better value pick right now if you're doing startup dynasty drafts and all that stuff. Um, but you know, from a dynasty aspect, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these guys. It just depends on what your team needs are and where, you know, at what position were you taking them? Where's the value with these guys? Oh yeah. In a, in a vacuum, I take Lindsay over Freeman, but at their current draft cost, give me Freeman over Lindsay. He's, he's cheaper. So. Right. Right. So over in Seattle, we've talked about these guys a lot, um, you know, it just came out this week that Chris Carson, uh, you know, the coaches are there talking about wanting to give him, you know, 50 targets this year. I mean, I guess I'm kind of buying it. I, I'm, I'm actually expecting him to see about r- roughly around 250 plus touches this year. If he plays 16 games, I can see him getting 250 to 270 as far as touches go. And if he does, 
I would say he's going to get about 50 targets. Now, what he does with those targets is a different story. That's why I'm glad they said targets, because who knows how many receptions he's going to get out of it. At the same time, I can see Rashad Penny getting about 130 to 150 touches this year as well. So I, I still firmly believe that these two guys are going to have fantasy relevance this year. And it's it's a for me as a dynasty owner, if I have Carson, I want Penny on my team as well. Having Penny and trying to get Carson, it's going to cost you a lot more. <laughs> so, you know, if I have Carson, I want Penny because, you know, again, Carson, he's under contract this year. He's under contract next year. If Penny progresses from what he did at the end of last year. He, he actually played well, and he averaged over five yards a carry. Guy played well, you know, during with his opportunities. So, again, if it comes up that Carson's contract is up and he moves on to a team and need a running back, well, then you end up with two starters there, right? So, and there's going to be a couple years of retooling um, this passing game in Seattle. You know, we may see a little more efficiency out of Russell Wilson as far as using his legs with rushing touchdowns or maybe more yards on the ground because the only locked and loaded wide receiver that's there right now is Tyler Lockett. And there is no way that those guys can keep up the efficiency that they had last year. Yeah, um, and, and I'm, I'm just looking up the stats now. So we, we just talked about Mike Davis uh, leaving to go to Chicago. He had over 100 carries last year. Yeah, I, I'm looking, that, I'm I mean, looking at it right Carson now. He had 146... He had 146 touches, so that that's what he leaves behind. He had 42 targets uh, and 34 catches. So quietly, Chris Carson put up an, an RB1 season last year. Mm-hmm. So even if you give all of those 146 touches to Rashad Penny, I still think Chris Carson can give you RB1 value. Oh, absolutely. And and where you're currently drafting him, I mean that's that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But you got to assume that all 146 touches won't go to Penny. So you increase Carson's workload. If he can stay healthy, you know, in in a run-heavy offense, I think Chris Carson could be a sneaky, another sneaky RB1 like he was last year, and Penny can be an RB2. I don't see a reason why these both can't be successful. Yeah, I don't know what kind of volume Penny saw towards the end of last year, but, you know, I know he had enough touches in there to where, you know, you take that 146 – from Davis, right, and you add whatever Penny had last year. That's why I'm really kind of looking at these guys because I believe Chris Carson had like 210 or 220 carries last year. That's why I firmly believe that the floor for touches, uh, Chris Carson is going to be the 250, and the floor for touches on Rashad Penny is going to be around 130. So I, I yeah. really mm-hmm. do see these guys both having uh, significant fantasy value this year. Yeah, like I said, I'm looking at it right now. Chris Carson had 247 carries and 20 catches, so he had 267 yeah, so there's total the 270 touches. Mark right there. And Penny had 85 rushes and nine catches, so just shy of 100. If you give him a hundred of Penny's touch, or uh, sorry, I'm sorry, Mike Davis's touches, that puts him close to 200. With as as explosive as he is, I mean, that's definitely RB two viable. Mm-hmm. And again. Retooled passing game. Mm-hmm. Nothing really established. No way that Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson are gonna carry that efficiency. So it, I think that I think this season that offense is going through the backfield, whether it's running or throwing it to him. So let's move on to Minnesota. The the story of Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison. 
Now we still have Mike Boone there. I think uh, is Rock Thomas still on the roster? Uh, I know Amir Abdullah's he... there. I thought Rock Thomas left. So there are basically Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and some guys. Now, Dalvin Cook, dude's legit. Can't stay healthy. Missed 14 games in the first two seasons that he's played. It's a lot. That is a lot. Now, Alexander Madison, love the way this guy plays, and he can play and has the capability to play as a three-down back. They drafted him to, you know, basically play that Latavius Murray role. At least that's what they're saying. The one thing that Madison does better than Murray is catch the ball out of the backfield. Now, in the first preseason game, granted, you know, your your high-profile guys, for the most part, aren't going to play. Um, or if they do, it's only going to be a few snaps or a series or two or whatever. So Madison got some significant time and did well with that. If he continues to trend in that direction, I love Dalvin Cook, I love the guy's talent, but, I mean, is this another situation where, you know, if Madison continues to trend in that direction, is he a rookie running back that's that's going to be, a you know, a viable player through your bye weeks? You know, if, if you know if you own Dalvin Cook and you're in a dynasty, that you better draft Alexander Madison. He better be on your team. If not, trade for him. And you're going to have to pay for him because people know that that's a Dalvin Cook handcuff. So this is one that, yeah, you know, it could be very similar to a Carson Penny situation last year, you know, where nobody knew the expectations of Chris Carson. Um, you know, I know I wasn't very high on Rashad Penny. I like Alexander Madison better than I like Penny last year. You know, again, we don't know if we're going to get 16 games out of Delvin Cook. We don't even know if we're going to get eight games out of Delvin Cook, right? So, you know, if he ends up missing time and again, Madison keeps trending. He's going to get a lot of touches, and he could be, you know, right out the gate if Cook goes down, at least at RB2. Yeah, I I kind of view this backfield different from the ones that we've talked about. We've talked a lot about timeshares and, and how we could see both returning value. If Cook is healthy, I think this is his backfield. Um, regardless of how good Madison looks in the preseason, I think Cook is still – it's going to be his backfield. So I think this is really a true handcuff situation. But with, as you mentioned, how many games Cook misses, it's a very valuable handcuff to have. So I still think Cook, you know, gets a majority of the work, just gets, you know, a change of pace when when he needs when he needs a breather. Uh, but like you said, everywhere you have Cook, you should be looking to add Madison. Yeah, there's no doubt it's Cook's backfield. The guy is... is far too talented to to not have on the field. But, you know, Latavius Murray still did see some time even when Cook came back, and he was dominating when he came back from his injury. Now, just real quick, because uh, this kind of this just came across, uh, I got an alert on Sleeper here, that Melvin Gordon has not made progress towards a new deal per sources. Still wants to return in time for regular season, but he is prepared to sit out if no new deal is reached. So... These, these guys aren't on our list, but now that brings up Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Where are you at real quick with those two guys before we move on to the next, two, next team? 
Honestly, it's probably similar to Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Uh, I said I think Lindsay leads them in touches, but Freeman leads them in carries. I think Eckler would lead them in touches while Jackson would lead them in carries while Gordon sits. So I think, again, similar to Denver, I think both of them can return value, especially in San Diego's offense. I'm sorry, L.A.'s offense. <laughs> um, I told you, I'm going to do that forever. <laughs> uh, especially when the Raiders go to Vegas. They're still going to be oh, the that's, Oakland Raiders. That's going to fuck me all up. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I think if I had to pick one, I would probably take Eckler. But again, similar to Denver, at the at their draft cost, Jackson is free, so he might be the target. Yeah, that that's where I would be too. Because you know, the longer Gordon sits out, everybody's gonna be drafted Eckler a lot higher. So I'll sit back and take Jackson because the way I look at it, when they get in the red zone, he's gonna be getting the goal line touches. So running backs, that's huge, right? Yep, Gordon had three, two or three straight years of double-digit rushing touchdowns. So. Yep. so the next team we were going to talk about was Tampa Bay. So basically it's it's the Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones situation. Still no real clear path. Uh, they both produced roughly the same uh, in their first preseason game. Uh, Jones looked a little more spry, uh, you know, looked to uh, have a little more confidence, you know, kind of moving around. You know, making some moves, you know, showing some of that speed thing, you know, things that he did in college. Um, Peyton Barber was Peyton Barber. Neither one of them were really efficient per se, but they weren't like, you know, super inefficient or anything like that. And and I think this is going to be something that's going to continue to grow and continue to grow. And the funny thing is, and I did it actually myself um, in a startup draft is I'm seeing uh, Ronald Jones being drafted ahead of Peyton Barber. And I took Ronald Jones uh, and I took him relatively early just because of the potential upside, you know, and if anybody's going to groom players, it's, it's going to be Bruce Arians. Um, and just the fact that the way his system works, uh, I think Rojo could, you know, fit in that and be, you know, at least a reliable RB three. Now, as far as dynasty goes, either one of these guys, man, it's a shot in the dark. You could have either one of them. Either one of them's gonna hit. Both of them could miss. You never know. If if you're dying for running backs and you want both of them on your roster and you got a deep enough roster, do it. I did last year. So I mean, that's just that's just kind of where this is at. It's you're not even really gonna know. I think until probably week four, five, or six, until we actually have a solidified lead dog in this offense. It's gross. It is. I, I don't bad. want either. I mean, <laughs> you said RB3. I mean, I think that's best case scenario. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We talked about two crowded backfields previously in Philadelphia with you know the extras of Sproles, Clement, Adams, Smallwood. We talked about the Bills with their three veterans that I don't think will all make the roster. If any one of those guys gets cut or let go or traded, I think Tampa's got to be the destination. I, mean, I can't believe they didn't add more to their backfield in the offseason. Like, it's just, I don't know. I don't want any part of it until it's clear, and since it won't be clear before week one, I'm staying away. I think they wanted to see what they had knowing that, you know, the second wave of free agency or something like that, if they really want somebody – there's going to be somebody that's going to be at least as talented as these guys, right? So, you know. And and this is just pure, just, I don't want to say emotion. This is just totally random. 
if Jay Ajay is healthy, Tampa's got to be the only place that he would go, right? I mean, what where else needs a running back like Tampa? Don't say Miami. I know we're talking about him next, but both of those are just gross. No, yeah, no, I wouldn't say Miami. He, I don't think he he would go back. Well, maybe what Gase isn't there anymore, but uh, it's hard to say. He's another one too. Just health. He's got bad knees. Who the hell yeah. knows? But just something to monitor. We'll see. Maybe somebody gets lucky and catches lightning in a bottle, right? Yeah. So now Miami, Drake, Balage, Gaskin, Walton, Drake's. Uh, you know, this week seen in a walking boot. Gonna miss some time. I uh, saw an alert come through today that Kalen Balaj is really putting on a show. Uh, now that he has some more uh, time to do so without Drake out there, uh, you know Miles Gaskin they drafted late. Uh, they brought in Walton, who's you know had some off-field issues. Uh, you know I think Gaskin and Walton both you know are, are talented guys. It's just a matter of who's going to beat who. But I think ultimately it's it's Drake and Balaj. Balaj was already taking first team reps. They both showed up pretty uh, pretty well in the first week of preseason. Uh, man, it's just it's a struggle. I, I'm a Kenyan Drake believer, but I just I don't know. There's there's got to be something about the guy. You know, Gase didn't like him. You know, uh, Flores came in and you know, hey, what did you do in New England to stop Kenyon Drake? Well, I'm not gonna give that up because blah 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 blah. To camp opens up and Balaj is taking first team reps. So I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> like right Even now, dating Balazs, back to college, man. Yeah, yeah. It, like Nick Saban didn't trust him to be a workhorse, no. And, and no NFL coach has either. So there's got to be something. You're right. There's got to be something about the guy. But while, while Balaj is, you know, taking first team reps, I think, I think the report said he was looking like a beast. Yep, that's which, exactly what it said. Actually, <laughs> you don't throw that word around lightly. Nope. Nope. So it, right now, it's got to be Balaj. Um, I mean, late round dart throw. Yeah, Miles Gaskin. Kenyon Drake's arrow is pointing way down. Yeah, it's it's like just straight down. It's completely inverted. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's completely inverted. So, all right, last team we want to look at is over in Houston. Uh, you know, we have Lamar Miller, which if you've listened to this show and if you have been for a while, thank you. We appreciate that. Uh, hope we're bringing some value to your team. But at the same time, you also know that I cannot stay on Lamar Miller. And I don't care what arguments people bring up to me about numbers and efficiency and so on and so forth. I will not own him. Uh, I don't think he's efficient enough. Uh, you know, most well, especially for what he's being drafted for. If he's my RB three, he's my RB four. Fine, I'm okay with that. Um, but not outside of that. Now they trade for Duke Johnson, bring him in. Um, Duke Johnson, I think, is going to be a little bit more than a third down role. Uh, I could really see this. These two guys really kind of battling it out here in camp. And I think by default, Lamar Miller is going to start for this team probably all season long. But I can see Duke Johnson with his skill set and the way this offense runs. Um, I, I could see him having a very significant role and in, in taking a good chunk of touches away from Lamar Miller. Yeah, you and I are both on record as saying Lamar Miller is is he's a jag. He's just a guy. Like nothing really special about him. And the knock on Duke is that people don't think he can handle a like a full workload. So I looked up his college stats, and as a sophomore, he only played eight games, so he was injured. But 
145 carries in eight games, so just under 20 a game, along with his passing work. And then his last year as a junior, he had 242 carries in 13 games. So again, just under 20 carries a game. I mean, he can he can handle the work. It's it, I don't know why no one's really given him a shot. Like I don't know why Cleveland hasn't given him a shot to be the the workhorse, but if he proves that he can hold up, I don't see why he couldn't, you know, unseat Lamar Miller as a starter. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he can be a true workhorse. Uh, maybe it's just because he's never had the chance. You know, maybe there's something about him too that we don't know. Yeah. Um, but could he unseat Miller as a starter? Possibly. You could unseat Lamar Miller as a starter. Yeah, I'm sure I probably could, you know, if I was about you know, a few pounds lighter and a little bit faster. But <laughs> but I just I don't see Lamar Miller going away. I believe this is the last year of his contract. Uh, you know, so I just, you know, until after this season's over, I don't see him going anywhere. He's going to have a role, and I think it's by default because um, they, they trust him and he's been with the organization for a little bit, and he's been somewhat productive. So I don't know. Duke's going to be the guy to own for me, which actually I was happier than all hell because there's a dynasty league that I own. Uh, Duke Johnson, uh, Nick Chubb, Marlon Mack, and Deontay Foreman. Well, when those trades happen, and for, when that trade happened, Foreman went to the Colts, I was like, boom, I just got two built-in handcuffs right there. Yeah. <laughs> so, plus a guy that's, or no, I'm sorry, I got a built-in handcuff lost a handcuff to gain a guy who's probably going to be a flex play for me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say you lost a handcuff, but gained a starter. So. Right. <laughs> so it's never a bad thing. No, nah, not at all, man. So anyways, yeah, that's we're going to wrap this up here. You know, we went through one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Is that right? Am I counting right? Yeah. 10 different backfields. A lot of question marks. You guys heard where we stand on that. Um, you know, if you have any questions on these while you're drafting or before your drafts, what your thoughts are, you know, I think JJ finally has his conundrum, uh, nailed down there, <laughs> but I'll keep you posted on our next pod. <laughs> so as always guys, you know, reach out to us, uh, on Twitter, you know, I gave you the handles earlier, but again, you know, at spec 21 and then at, uh, JJ gosh. You know, again, if, if you guys want to see more of my content on Instagram, you can. It's the same handle at SPAC21. So now remember, JJ and I are going to toss some ideas around, but we got some football giveaways here for you. Uh, and then there's going to be another interesting giveaway uh, that's going to be between the, uh, the OG pod and ours. Working on the details, uh, but keep an eye out for that. So. Until the next time, good luck to you guys. Again, reach out to us if you need anything. So with that being said, have a good night. Hey, it's Christian again. Sneaking in one more time. I thought maybe I could do this in a whisper. But actually, um, let's do this, guys. I'm here sneaking in one more time to tell you once again about Nitrogen Sports. In case you forgot, visit EatSleepFantasy.com. The banner right at the top, Nitrogen Sports, click that. You're going to get the oldest and number one Bitcoin betting site in the world. You can get access to so much through Nitrogen Sports. There's a lot of places where maybe you haven't been able to access 
uh, gambling before. They make it so easy, um, and and you can try it out, right? You can try it out for free with some of their free rolls that they've got going on. You can, if you're a big money baller, you can try that out as well. You can bet on so much on their website. NFL Survivor Pools is what we're doing right now with them, so you can check that out. But Nitrogen Sports is where we're doing all of our betting, so go ahead and go to our website, eastleyfantasy.com, click on the link. It could be something outside of NFL as well. Remember, you can bet on uh, baseball, basketball, soccer, esports, whatever it is that you want to bet on, you can do so on Nitrogen Sports. Please make sure to check them out. It's a fantasy, it's all the fantasy, football action that you need, bringing you the best players every week, who you need to drop and who you need to keep, the latest and the greatest fantasy advice, it's a fantasy, fantasy football done right.